I tomorrow go to switch to Pixel. I don't know, like mm-hmm. switch to an Android phone and like a Windows device. I just I feel very confidently that like in a week, the only thing I'm gonna be bummed about is having green bubbles instead of blue. But they wouldn't be green for you. That's true. Because they'd be blue. Yes. <laughs> they would be blue. Ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on? Well, now you have. Welcome to Unprompted, the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode. From technology to society to history life and more, each episode features a unique topic and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's Unprompted conversation. Okay, Luke, we're back. We are back. Wasn't as long as we expected. No, it was not. I am curious when we'll publish this, depending on... Are we, are we publishing this after the last one we I just recorded? after the last one. Okay, we, we were, we're on a little bit of a recording marathon right now. We uh, <laughs> did an episode, took a little break, watched some YouTube, now we're back. Energized as always, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to uh, hear Jared's prompt for this unprompted podcast. <laughs> yes, it is my turn. And since we, we did all the antics... Already once today, so I guess we can kind of just jump into the topic. Although this was probably a week or two after <laughs> you listened to the last episode, it's, it's minutes past since we did it. But it'll be yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners are just gripping to look, to hear the next episode the weeks between <laughs> yes. publishing. So, but so the topic that I have for this recording uh, is based around a conversation we had right before recording the previous episode, ah. <laughs> which is I want to talk about ecosystems. And I first want to start with a question to you, which is, how would you define an ecosystem? Wow, you're putting me on the spot. Well, first off, we're talking about technology ecosystems. And so that's a good point of clarification. I mean, we love the environment, but we're talking more about... <laughs> I guess I didn't, I didn't, you could have pulled it that, whichever <laughs> direction you wanted. It's, you know, it's on Luke if you hey, guys wanted the uh, environment. That's so. true. That's true. I don't know. When I think of ecosystem, I think of a very synonymous term of just like symbiosis, I guess, of just like working seamlessly together when you have, you know, it's kind of like one plus one equals three. You know, a lot of, I'm trying to figure out some more buzzwords to throw out, (laughs) but basically, I don't know, just like this entire idea about how the more, I guess, invested you are in the ecosystem of something, the more time you're able to save, the more value you get from something. And, I don't know, kind of like economies of scale, I guess, is one way to uh, to think about it. Okay. That's how I would define it at an extremely high level. How would you define it, Jared? I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's essentially, it's a, it's a collection of products and services which complement each other in a way that provides real or imagined utility mm. for the user. That is a much better... Then one plus one equals three. <laughs> so I let's mean, go with your definition. One plus one equals three, though. I mean that that would that would get you investment from millions. That's true. Of investors. I mean that is that is a that's a high class definition. But I I, I guess I didn't. I just pulled that on my ass to be honest. But like no, I think that the 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 part of that that I'd like to zone in on right now is I said a real or imagined utility. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have some thoughts, but of course I want to want to hear what you think. Oh yeah. I you know, when it think one thing I've been obsessed with for really no particular reason at all is getting ecosystems around 
similar product areas of my life. What I mean by that is I've recently been on a big, uh, been a big Quip guy. Have you ever heard of Quip, the toothbrush? I wait. Is that? It's, like it's the, not an electric one, is it? It is electric. Oh, it but is. It looks, okay. it looks cool. It's sleek. They sell them at Target. Okay. Right, but this big thing is that they have you know toothbrush heads that they send you every three months. Like okay. recursively, they just you just sign up for it. It's a subscription-based model. Five bucks a month, you do it. But Quip also does like mouthwash. They do floss. They do all this other things so that in one package every three months, you get all all the things you need for those three months. But I've been just I don't know if I'm just like OCD about it or what, but like I just want to go deep and Quip. Have you ever heard of Harry's? Like the men's. Yes. Same thing there. Like all of the like body wash and shower products and face products and lotions and stuff. I just have this like weird obsession of just like wanting to have collections of products and services in my life. Like Dyson, like if I want to buy a Dyson mm-hmm. fan, I'm going to get all my fans, in my house Dyson. Like, yeah. and where I'm assuming this is going, I'm an Apple guy. And so every product I buy needs to be Apple because I just feel like in my head that when you have a collection, it's just like one less thing to worry about. It's one more, you know, additive plus it's one less like, I'll I have to go down and target if I have all of it delivered to me, my mouthwash and my toothpaste and my toothbrush head and my floss. Like if it's all delivered, don't have to think about it. It just happens in the mail. With Apple, you know, when I want to hand off between like the browser window on my phone and go straight to my Mac, it's just seamless, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've been weirdly obsessed with a lot of things uh, from <laughs> my teeth to <laughs> brushing to like Allbirds shoes. That's all I want to buy now is just Allbirds mm-hmm. and like, for really no particular reason at all, except for a probably imaginative utility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I mean, I I think I'm a little less focused on having you know one service like that. I mean, I'm very different. Although I'm interested now that you talk about Quip, I have a toothbrush that I replace when necessary, I mm. guess, and you know buy toothpaste whenever. And I I like just it's not. I think that what you are, are talking about is a lot of these services, these, I guess we will we'll call them ecosystems, are forcing you into routines that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, mm-hmm. perhaps. I, I think especially with Quip and Harry's, for example. Like, maybe if I got Quip, I would be more mindful about teeth care, something that I feel is a chore and just kind of do-to-do. Mm-hmm. Um, buy, like, the cheapest toothpaste, toothbrush, not electric, very old school. Um, similar thing with like Harry's. I think a lot of guys, especially in college and stuff, are just like, I'm just gonna wash my face mm-hmm. and whatever with whatever, and it's style still my be hair fine. with water and style my hair with water. I do that. I <laughs> I, I, nice. I always do that. Uh, but um, I think some of these services are kind of they. You talk about imagined utility, which I think exists in in, in the sense of like everything's the same. It's so nice, but also real utility and kind of forcing you and leading you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do mm. that might increase your well-being or your um, productivity, maybe in Apple's case. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, it's interesting because, like I said, you know, it's like, oh, well, it saves me one aisle that I have to walk to when I'm in Target for whatever. And, they, like, one less thing to worry about when my thing runs down that I'm going to, you know, instantly get one in the mail. But the amount of time that I've probably sent, spent researching, and I mean, it probably adds up. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe in like five years, it would pr- finally meet, you know, break even. But like, yeah, it's just, it's interesting 
how, and after a certain point, you just talk yourself into how much of a utility it is. I mean, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, when we're talking about tech, the AirPods plus iPhone or AirPods plus any Apple product, that's pretty powerful because mm-hmm. really the only way you can control your AirPods and have the real experience is if you have one of those products. You can't really set transparency mode on an Android. You really can't adjust levels on an Android. Same with, like, Apple Watch. It's literally a brick. It doesn't work with mm-hmm. Android. So, like, those are, there are some obvious ones there. But I'm really interested in the terms of Apple, the imaginative utility between having an iPhone and a Mac computer. I mean, for me, love being able to type my, like, have my text messages sync. That's awesome. You know, you can do that with an Android plus Windows. There's so many things that's like, you can make it work, but you are someone who I know have used a Mac in the past, but are a big driver of Android and your personal computer is a Windows. So I'm pretty skewed because I've always had a Mac plus Mm -hmm. an Apple phone. One of my, like my third or fourth phone I ever got was an iPhone like 10 years ago and I've just had it since. Mm -hmm. But you haven't. So... Is this an imagined utility? Are there things that you're like, man, I really wish my computer would do X because I've seen that Apple, my Apple friends do that. Or like, I don't know, do you feel like you're missing out? Um, there are moments where I think that you, it looks so cool and it looks so seamless. But then when I've actually used it, a lot of times it's not as good as it, seems when you're watching WWDC and Apple's demo in it. Mm. Because there's a lot of disconnect with like how good it looks and how well it works. And I think that, you know, I have used iPhone very briefly. Um, I used an iPhone three years ago. Didn't know that. Um, and then I also used Macs. And I believe I used them both together for a short time. Mm. Um and I found out the way that I work doesn't fit into this Apple ecosystem particularly well because I have things kind of siloed off. You mentioned how you have different ecosystems for different parts of your life. In a similar way, I have different products and ecosystems for uh, different parts of my tech life. Mm-hmm. So. I do my all my messaging on Google Messages for the most part, uh, for like text messages with my girlfriend, my family. Um, and Google Messages has a client for Mac and Windows because it's a web-based client. So I'm able to use it on Mac and Windows, and I do that. And I find that, in a lot of ways, a nicer experience than what I had on with just iMessage. Mm. Now, that's very unpopular. I mean, most people have a great <laughs> iMessage experience. Mine was just really jank because... Um, I was using iPhone for a short amount of time, and it was like, I didn't dive full in. So I think that um, my experience has been like, everything depends on your workflow. My workflow is very segmented. I have things I do on my computer, things I do on my phone, things I do on my Mac that I don't do on my Windows computer. Mm -hmm. And then certain threads that tie it all together. I have shared Dropbox across everything. All my photos are shared. Certain files are shared. GitHub for all my code. But otherwise... I like having separate experiences on separate things Hmm. because otherwise it's like there feels like less of a separation. Like I very rarely do work on my phone. My phone is Hmm. for reading interesting articles, wasting time on Reddit, talking, having like conversations and relationships with people. My computer, my computers are for getting work done. 
or my Windows computer is for watching Twitch or YouTube sometimes. And my Mac computers have almost always been purely for Mac-based development, almost exclusively. That is so fascinating because I feel like that is very... It's a very opposite opinion, I feel like, of just ecosystems in general. Because mm-hmm. cause now this is a good time, full disclosure, the company I'm about to talk about, we perhaps work, we work at this company, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Likely will by the time you listen. Correct. Is I'm a type of person that you know my company will be using Windows or like Windows and M3 Mac, Microsoft 365 experience. So mm-hmm. Outlook, Teams, right? Well, they also have Teams for Life now. So essentially, oh yeah, like a Slack, like a Slack version for your family, for your family, right? Yeah. And to where you can have like family, like shared profiles or, or shared like file systems, shared passwords, shared mm-hmm. conversations. And for me, I'm the type of person that's like. If I'm going to use it at work, it's going to be great. It's super seamless to have at night because it's like less apps I have to have on my phone, less context switching. I know the feature. Like it's mm-hmm. super simple. And so for me, while I am ingrained in the Apple ecosystem for my devices, I'd say my devices serve different purposes. So like, you know, my iPad, I use that pretty much exclusively for doodling and for reading and for like looking at like my emails and maybe like just like, you know, typing if I'm in like an airplane or something, my computer really doesn't fit in like the over or like the tray in front of me. But like, you know, I like they're still Apple products. And so for me, it's nice to also have my text on there and to also have my settings on there and have my AirPods, you know, switch instantly from my phone to like my iPad when I'm using it. And so they're different experiences, but I think like some of the underlying stuff, like it'd be annoying for me to have to like repair the Bluetooth, which is like stupid for me to say because it mm-hmm. takes like two seconds, which is why I'm fascinated that you still added at the beginning of this episode imaginary, imaginary utility because it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I couldn't, like, it's so seamless. I couldn't imagine yeah. it without it. It took me two seconds before. Most Bluetooth headphones can pair to multiple devices yeah. at once, so it literally doesn't even matter. But it's like Apple has built this aura around this, like, you're not going to get the full value out of it unless you go deep. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, if you say you didn't have a great time with iPhone and Mac because, quote, you didn't go deep enough. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you genuinely think you didn't go deep enough and if you went deeper, you would have gotten more out of it? Or do you think that... Because of the way they build their products, the way that they build their iOS, and the way that they pretty much market it at, during things like WWDC, it's like there's this heightened level of like you're going to just meet this like Balmer's peak of productivity and like integration, like you know? Yeah. But we're never going to get there because it's never as good as we see on WWDC. Do you feel like, like you're forced to feel like you weren't all the way in the ecosystem and you didn't get the value out of it? Or like do you like genuinely feel like? That's a really good point. I think that you might be right in that. For Apple in particular, there's this yeah, there's such a high bar of saying, you know, it's going to be perfect because it looks perfect, and then you get into it, and there are bugs, and there are problems, and things don't work as they expected, and then you're disappointed, and that might have been partially what it was. It was like, you know, there's jankness mm. that doesn't get shown in the screens, and so for someone who likes Apple, I like Apple a lot. Like despite the fact that I don't use them exclusively. Like, half of my podcasts are, like, Apple podcasts. (laughs) And um, I watch all the keynotes. I keep up with all the news. Um, And so I know all of the ideals, but I don't have a great grasp on the reality. Mm -hmm. And so that might have been a contributing factor of, like, I expected it to be better than Windows and Android um, or Linux, which I've used. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. And I think that that is 
for two reasons. One, it's because it doesn't live up to the ideal, but two is because I grew up with Windows and Android and built my my technological cognitive workflow around those products. Mm -hmm. And so I want some things to work like they do on Windows and Android, and they don't, and that's like a challenge to overcome that takes time that I might not have given it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's just so interesting, you know, because I'm also very much an Apple fanboy. I watch Keep Up All the News, watch all the keynotes and stuff, but it's just my favorite thing that happens very often when I'm watching these press conferences and these keynotes is that when I'm watching this individually, you know, I'm like, oh, that's fine. Well, actually, I'll back up. It's just, this, this entire thing I'm about to talk about has been just absolutely exacerbated because of it just being all virtual now and there's no crowd. I'll watch things and I'll be like, eh, that's cool, eh, that's cool. I won't check Twitter, I'll watch it. And then I'll get to the end of the conference and I'm like, eh, that's fine. Like, I mean, there's really nothing groundbreaking. Then I go on Twitter, you see all these people hyping it up. People do reviews on YouTube, news outlets about how revolutionary this is. And two days later, I mean, this, for context, uh, today is the 8th of June. This press conference was yesterday. Now I'm like, man, iOS 15 sweet. Like, <laughs> SharePlay, that's awesome. Universal Control, that's awesome. And when I watched the keynote, I didn't really blink. Like, I mean, it was cool, but I was like, ah, it's whatever. And it felt like a dud. But because there was so much hype and aura around, like, the ecosystem and the fanboys and the pressers and the, you know, reviews and all the stuff, like, you think it's cool. Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting how... Or maybe, this is a question, do you think Apple, this is leading, but I'm still going to ask it, do you think Apple manufactures this excitement by doing it once a year, big presser versus like Windows where, you know, it's just Windows 10, it's whatever, you get an update every week and they're adding cool stuff and maybe they'll do like a press article about it, about some like big release, but they don't have anything. Do you think like this aura around, I have to have all the Apple products, do you think I feel that way and we feel that way because they just manufacture this excitement? Hmm. I mean, I think to an extent that's true, that they hype things up very well. And that's part of a legacy of like Steve Jobs showmanship that was very good at getting people hyped. But I think that they are now riding on a wave of that initial hyping so much that it doesn't matter if they do one thing a year or multiple things a year. There are so, at this point, there's such a echo chamber of Apple news, Apple influencers, and other influencers who use Apple products that just reverberate off each other. Mm -hmm. That no matter how, you know, no matter how silly something Apple might do, Apple, what, what Apple might do, it maybe is silly, it, it's just, it, it ends up being okay for them. It, it kind of bounces off of them. And so I feel like their initial their ability to manufacture that in the beginning, back with the like original iPhone and whatnot, in Steve Jobs era, was was incredible. And now they're they have built themselves a reverberating, recurring machine mm -hmm. that continues to grow that hype. Um, and a lot of it's just luck, like the amount of people who were initially so devoted to Apple that helped push that forward. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, it's it's just so interesting, like looking back, because I still go back to this like idea of utility, because it's like if I tomorrow go to switch to Pixel, I don't know, like mm -hmm. switch to an Android phone and like a Windows device, I just I feel very confidently that like in a week, the only thing I'm gonna be bummed about is having green bubbles instead of blue. But they wouldn't be green for you. That's true. 
Because they'd be blue. Yes. <laughs> they would be blue. Yeah. The point is, I would when I'm in these group chats where everyone is like, you know, leveraging things like an I, you know, and I messages. They have like the tap replies yeah. where you can do the liked and the loved and stuff. Yep. Of course, that'd be a little bit of an annoying experience. But like, I'd lose out on my memoji, sure. But like. I don't know. It's just like, it's stuff that like at this point we view it as a utility and maybe I'm just taking it for granted so much now that like, I don't think it's a utility, but it's like, I just don't know if I would be that distraught other than spending thousands of dollars to get out of the ecosystem. I don't know if I'd be really like, like if I feel like I'm losing out on that much. Hmm. That, that's, that's interesting to me because now that makes me want to have you switch to Android for a week. So, so let me, let me ask this question to you. What, what are five features within the iOS, or like, the Apple ecosystem that you think you're missing out on? Or three? Okay. Um, iMessage. Is what about it? The, the extent that it works between devices and the extra features it enables for everyday conversations with most people. Like you mentioned, liking. So I, Android has liking, replying, all those features in a message format called RCS, which mm. Google pushed really hard, but that's only between Android phones. And so when I'm talking to my one of my friends, Nick, we use all those features. We, we like and laugh to different messages and whatnot. Um, but it's essentially just with him. It's a great experience with him, but otherwise it's not. So iMessage allows you to bring that experience to more people mm -hmm. because so many people have iPhones in America. Um, that's one of them. The, I think I'm missing the overall, what would you call it? The continuity of design mm. that's present in Apple products. I think that the iPhone, all of its software is so much, it's nicer mm. than Android. Android is fast. Android is powerful. I really like Android, but I don't like and you might not know this, Luke. <laughs> Everything on Android is an app. Mm. What I mean by that is when sometimes you'll go to a setting in the settings menu. And then you'll swipe to multitasking. And that setting's a different app. Mm. Than the settings app. And it's very strange. And some of them are and some of them aren't. Some things are apps. A lot of apps are little apps, system apps that are hidden you can't see. The, unless you go to settings and go to all your apps, and then you see, oh, I have 250 apps, mm -hmm. but I only installed 10. <laughs> and so it's just like this, the design between them is very different. Android is very clearly a legacy Linux-based operating system that's still pulling weeds out. And iOS is much more developed, much more smooth and seamless. And I, and I love that. The, the design of iOS is good. Um, that's the other thing I'm missing, I would miss. And then, you know, I think the better, the higher quality apps is the last thing. Mm. Apps are typically higher quality, released first, designed first for, for iOS. And so you, tip, you typically get a worse experience on Android. Not always, but a lot of times you do. I'd say those are the three things. I don't know if I could come up with much less, much more besides M1 Max. Mm. And that's just because they're fast. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because, like, I mean, the majority of what you just said, it seems like you feel like you're missing out of it because they're just so, like, it's, it's like outside pressure. It's not like intrinsic 
utility. It's mm-hmm. utility because so many freaking people have iPhones that mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, my like group chats of seven people, ninety percent of those people are going to be iPhone users. Mm-hmm. Or there's you know a brand new company just started, i.e. Clubhouse. Yep. They're only building for iOS, yeah. and so you're missing out on things because the majority of whatever U.S. people use it. And but like. I didn't hear you say really any, and maybe, I mean, obviously you probably have some, but just, like, nothing that was, like, specific. Like, there's this feature that like, I feel like I'm missing out on. There's this, like, part of, like, the handoff. Like, there's airdrop. There's, like, these things that, like... Airdrop is nice. Forgot about that. See, it's nice, mm-hmm. but, like, is it enough to make you switch? No, because no. you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, if I were to switch, I mean, I think I would be sad about losing airdrop. I think I'd be sad about, you know, one of the other things I really use a lot is the AirPods I mentioned, switching. Mm-hmm. I also use um, the hotspot, for example. Like, it'll, there's, yeah. like, basically the Bluetooth between my phone and my Mac will just automatically pull up my iPhone yeah. as a hotspot. I can use it. But there are things that, like, after the first time I realize, oh, I can't do that anymore, I'm not sure if it's just, like, if I'm, like, if it's a diminished experience. Or a better what I would say is that you figure out you can do them mm-hmm. with half a step extra. For example, the I will say I do remember when I was using iPhone and, and a Mac, the the mobile tethering is very nice. Mm. I mean it's very seamless. But it's like two or three clicks from my Windows computer and my phone. I just turn on mobile hotspot from my quick bar and my Android phone and then connect to it from my computer. And mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more work, it works. Um, you mentioned AirPods. I have um, Samsung Galaxy Buds which I almost never connect to my Windows computer. I almost never use headphones with my computer, which mm-hmm. is one of the other weird things about me. I mm-hmm. only use them with my phone, essentially. And But those Galaxy Buds, you're able to do cross-pairing with Windows and a Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. So Samsung and Windows are moving closer together to integrate things, and so you can actually... It will automatically switch audio on and off between the, the phone and the computer, and I think I tried it once, and I just didn't see a use for it. Mm-hmm. So I turned it off because there's a little jankness introduced, I think. It's not as seamless. But, like, there's a lot of these things. I think that's the difference between Android and iOS. There's a lot of features. There's more features on Android. But a lot of times it's a little bit more work mm-hmm. to figure it out. Like AirDrop. There's easy ways to do AirDrop on Android in a Windows computer or even Android on a Mac. But you have to figure out how to do them. You have to set them up. It's not just, it doesn't just work. Yeah, that's the difference, I think. And that's what the ecosystem brings. There's some imagined utility and like, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to be one of the cool kids or this is going to be so great. It looks so nice. And then there's some real utility in the fact that you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And that saves some cognitive effort for you to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you're right. It's like those things that I just mentioned, those banner examples of like how AirPods switch automatically between your devices and stuff like that's great and there is a workaround to do it but then there's things that are just like deeply ingrained into the ecosystem that like we just take for granted at this point like the quick syncing of notes Mm -hmm. the automatic syncing of iMessages things that like yeah with the Google chat you were talking about probably does the same but there's there are some there are some things under the surface that again I think it's gotten to a point to where I don't even view it as a utility I just take it for granted and so Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm a little exaggerated that if I do switch completely tomorrow, it'd be a lesser, or it would be the same experience, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to think about just, like, the level of hype and just, like, how these conferences and these WWDC, they highlight things, 
and you listen to YouTubers and like you know they'll they'll repeat a phrase that you've heard before, but it was because Craig Federici said it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just like then you find yourself repeating it, and then like it just like they again they manufacture like this is so cool. And it's and like suddenly ah! it's okay to say the iPhone uh, 10s Max, and that yes. doesn't sound stupid. Yeah, jiggle mode. Like, jiggle mode oh my god <laughs> little things like that so it's like it's it's interesting how like in a silo when it's just me listening to the wwdc like i mentioned earlier and i'm curious if you feel this way or not i always leave every presser unimpressed every single time then i go on youtube then i talk to other people then i think about it more and i convince myself that's actually pretty cool should i download the developer beta because that seems awesome like it just like the trajectory from like and I can I can wait like it's not that groundbreaking. To the next day after talking to people and hearing about it, I just I need it right now. Do you are you at, are you like during these pressers? Are you just hyped? Are you like wow, it's incredible? Or is it when you talk <laughs> to other people and read things? That's when you're convinced it's incredible. I'm the complete opposite of you. Wow. As with many things, when I watch press releases, um, keynotes, I love it. Mm. I think it's the coolest thing. Last night, I I messaged my friend Nick. I said. Tempted to switch fully to Apple's ecosystem, <laughs> and like when the M1 Max came out, I think we watched mm-hmm. that presentation together. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, I want to buy this immediately." Mm. Last time uh, there was the Google Pixel Five was announced, I was like, "I might buy this." <laughs> Every time, right after the keynote, I am hyped. Um, I love all the technical specs, um, all the all the cool things that happen, and then. I wait a day or a night, and I come to my senses again, mm-hmm. essentially. I, for example, using Android more, you know, just since last night, I realized, you know what? I don't need all those features. I, a lot of them aren't that useful to me. They just look cool. Or the M1 Mac, still want to buy it. Still pretty hyped <laughs> about that. But I'm fine. I don't need it. I kind of settle into complacency mm-hmm. after being very hyped during the keynote. So I'm the opposite way where you go from being, eh, it's fine to I really want to see it, or really want to get it and I go from I really want to get it to, eh, it's fine. Even when I watch um, you know, watch YouTube videos, it's kind of like, it almost in the opposite way, it reaffirms that it's mm-hmm. not that cool to me. Because I realize, oh, it's actually like all these people are like, wow, this is so great for doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I realize, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, an example that like you have a YouTube video that this made me think about this entire thing is The Verge. I mean, obviously great reporting. I, you know, love their stuff. But they, they did a video uh, today or yesterday where it was like a 10-minute video where they just talked about how incredible universal control is. Now, universal control is really cool. And they kind of talked about the tech. But it just is like, man, like, it's it's a cool feature. I mean, maybe I'll use it. I've prob- I have an iPad and I have a Mac. And when I bought my iPad, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to coffee shops and set up both. And, like, thinking about all these ways to use it. I've done it maybe three times. When Sidecar came out, the ability to have a dual monitor with your Mac, with your iPad, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get I- the next iOS because I'm going to do this all the time. Maybe done it twice. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's the same thing. And it's just, like, it's interesting to a point to where... Yeah, this feature that's like kind of cool. It's like if Android were to release a feature like that, which they've had, they've released cool stuff and arguably cooler stuff than Apple does. Like three or like for example, the uh, the lens feature they have, where you take the picture of the photo and like you can copy and paste the text. I mean, Google's oh, yeah. had that for 
Two or three years, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is how Apple works, right? They kind of like re-engineer it and all of a sudden it's better the way Apple does it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll see 15, 20 minute videos on how incredible that feature is for Apple. But then when Google drops it, nobody really blinks. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it's props to the showmanship that Steve Jobs delivers, props to the marketing department, props to how they deliver it. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I personally get, I feel like in this mode of right, reaffirm to myself and convince myself and get fall into that hype drink the kool-aid because mm-hmm. i ended the m1 mac uh keynote being like that's sweet i don't need it i have a maxed out 2017 intel and, <laughs> and i then proudly talked to me and i talked to jared <laughs> and i'm a proud owner of an m1 for about five months now so it's like that's happened so many times with iphones and ipads and other devices that i have where i watch the presser i don't need it I keep reading, I keep hearing, I convince myself. And I think that's a tribute to how they deliver these announcements and these products. Yeah, I think that I think that, that makes sense. And I just think that's so interesting. I kind of want to, I really want to push you to switch, mm. to do an experiment. And I don't know if you do that now or you do that once you're at Microsoft mm-hmm. and you have a Windows computer. But you know what's really, really funny is this is... Considering I literally posed this question to you, but you know what makes me nervous about that? Is if I were to just put my SIM card in a Pixel 5a or whatever it is, my first reaction is, well, I have Apple everything else, so I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to do that. But I just literally was telling you about how I don't think I would care at all mm-hmm. if I did that. But it's just like, that's my gut reaction is to say, well, it'd be like, it'd be like things. buying a non-Dyson fan. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I can't imagine, like, they don't go to the same app. And we were just talking earlier about Wi-Fi systems. And he's like, he has the Eero, and I have the, I wanted, I was thinking about doing the Nest Wi-Fi. Well, I have Google Homes already, so I, I should get the, like, I can't fathom having another app on my phone. Like, <laughs> yeah. why Like why do I think that? I mean, like, yeah, there's utility, but it's getting to a point where it's just like, we've convinced ourselves, or I've convinced myself, maybe this is just me, and this is just a <laughs> loop problem, but it's like, it's it's almost like, imagine utility way out exceeds, out exceeds real utility. I, I can, I can sympathize with the thought of not wanting many apps and systems. So that kind of, I'm kind of like that. Like, why would I, I don't want more apps on my phone. I, I have very few apps. I mm-hmm. try to keep it. I always, like, I delete them when I'm done using them. I, like, keep very few apps. So I understand that and having few systems and whatnot. But, yeah, I think that it is, a, it's just imagined. It's like, why I don't want another app on my phone. Well, two years ago on an iPhone, you didn't want more apps yeah. because they <laughs> cluttered your home screen. Now you can hide them, which... Apple still needs to fix that system because it's still pretty jank. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I use an Android phone. I can hide all. I I can completely disable apps and make them completely gone unless I search for them. Um, and so I think that yeah, there's no there's no reason. It's just kind of this like we want to be sim- We want to live a minimalist life mm-hmm. with with we want to be the keynote. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the problem. Is we see these Apple keynotes, these Google keynotes, these Alexa. Where someone's living in this perfectly white modern house with you know home a- Apple Home Pods mm-hmm. everywhere and Apple TVs and iPhones and Macs and everything is beautiful and working together and uh, that's not reality mm-hmm. because no one does that and because it would be a crappy experience because you're using Siri similar thing with like <laughs> with Google is like. You would buy all these Nest hubs and whatever, and then Google would discontinue Nest. That's what Google does. Mm-hmm. They just like, I don't know if you know this, Google, this is a huge Verge joke that they have at the Verge, but Google regularly has like 
four or five messaging systems that are just constantly being canceled and made and like Mm -hmm. it's just always a a cluster like google can't decide on anything there's youtube music google music youtube plus music dark mode like there's all this crap that they throw together um and so there's there's no way you can live in that perfect world but we strive for it we strive for the platonic ideal of living in in the the ideal ecosystem Mm -hmm. that simply doesn't exist there's not one ecosystem yeah and the only way to get to that ecosystem is if you drop $2,000 on a Mac, $1,000 on an iPad, yeah. $800, you know? So it's like, that's what's also more impressive is that to, to reach that aura and this that perfect flow state of the ecosystem to live a minimalist life where everything works perfectly, mm-hmm. you're dropping 10 k on yeah. products, which is like the beauty of But even the then, I, mean, I, I, I agree with that. You need to spend so much money, but even then, your toothbrush isn't an Apple toothbrush. Yeah. Your car is not an Apple car yet. <laughs> um, your floor is an Apple flooring. Your windows don't have Apple curtains. Like, so even though you can get close, maybe your technological life is all Apple or your technological life is all Google, you can't get everything. Mm-hmm. And so there's always going to be these divisions. There's always going to be multiple apps on your phone. And so it's kind of like, why not just break the barrel? Why not just be a true capitalist consumer and buy whatever is the best product for each individual thing because i'll be honest if i was going to buy a tablet i would buy an an ipad it's the best tablet i Mm -hmm. don't care what you think it just is Mm -hmm. um i don't think that iphones are the best phones that's why i don't have an iphone Mm -hmm. um and if i'm gonna i bought an Eero wi-fi from amazon i think i would buy ring doorbells and so i think that every person and this is my view as you know, not necessarily trapped in the ecosystem, is buy whatever you think is best for your specific instance. And maybe that, because of the amount of imagined utility, is going to be whatever in your ecosystem. But if you focus on real utility, I think you'll come to a different answer. Because mm-hmm. like you, maybe you would like Eero. And so I don't know. I, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I think that it's kind of what we've been saying this whole time, but... Yeah, it's just like, where does it, you're right, it's like, where does it stop? And like, and again, I, I wish I could, I've been trying to think in the back of my mind this entire episode is like, why I am so interested in getting like all Harry's products for like my shower and like all Quip products for like my toothbrushing routine. I mean, I I really don't have a particular reason other than I tell myself it would be nice just to bulk order there and get 10% off and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, and I'm trying to figure out if that's the driving factor or if that's what I'm telling myself after I do it. Same with Apple products. Is a driving factor of why I want an iPad because it, you know, there's these 10 features that will make my workflow 10 times better or I will get a return on my productivity or whatever. Or is it because I've been told that having the ecosystem just changes things. I'm going to buy it and figure it out as I go. Because I really do think, I mean, I think the M1 Max is an exception because it's so ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. But I really don't have a reason as to why I bought an iPad. Especially in school, all I use it for taking notes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I just told you at the beginning of this episode, I use it to read my email, read my newspaper, read, you know, read what I haven't touched my iPad in three months. <laughs> so it's like, but I have it. And like, all of a sudden I see this universal control and I'm like, that's going to change the game. I've used sidecar twice. So it's like, yeah. it's interesting how like, again, and arguably sidecar is better. Yeah, true. I agree with that. Yeah. Like it's more useful. No. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I really, I'll have to get back to you on this because it's like, I want, I, I need to figure out in soul search why, like, I wish I had an answer for this episode because I really want to talk about it. Like why, 
the need for like ecosystems outside of things. Like there's no such thing as a toothbrush ecosystem. Like, and like having a Tesla car, like if you want to make sure, like we, we want to have an episode on Tesla just recently. Yeah. Uh, very recently as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I mean, would it matter to have the Tesla truck and the Tesla SUV and the Tesla car? I mean, mm-hmm. that's an ecosystem, but what's the utility of having three of the exact same car? Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that I have three Teslas and I guess I can just get like a Tesla charging port in my garage and mm-hmm. whatever. But like, it's the imagined utility that I have three. I just have to go to the Tesla dealership to get all my fixes done for all my cars. But why does it matter that I go to the Tesla dealership only versus the Tesla dealership and then the one that's three blocks away that's the Acura dealership or yeah. whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, and, and sometimes even, you know, and, and Tesla's a good example, we, we, we consider some things ecosystems that just aren't. Like, mm-hmm. you, you quip, is that, is that a toothbrushing ecosystem or is it just a single service that makes toothbrushing easier it's, it's a tech. marketing flywheel to make me spend 30 bucks every three months on their products that i can literally get at costco for two dollars a pop yeah which which is what i do i spend yes. about two dollars every yeah. six months on, on toothbrush <laughs> equipment but uh yeah we're like teslas are is a tesla car i mean they say it's an ecosystem with the charging but is it really i mean it's it's a car and a charging it's it's kind of more like a, a couple products at what point does it become an ecosystem that's that's a good question like I can. I, I don't think anyone disagrees. Apple has an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Google has an ecosystem. But does Tesla? Does Quip? Does Harry's? Or do they just offering services and, and products that are relatively well linked? I, I just don't know where that line is. And, yeah, and I would even argue like not even well linked. I mean, there. Why, why does it matter that I have the Harry's lotion versus the <laughs> you know Dove lotion? From, yeah. I mean, I I literally couldn't tell you because I probably spend twice as much in the Harry's as I do from just Dove. And I don't know if I've convinced myself because of their sustainability message, which is great, by the way. Mm-hmm. But candidly, it's not a leading factor as to why I did it. I couldn't tell you what the leading factor is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And or, and there's obviously, there are some forced ecosystems. We've talked about Apple and whatever. Another one's like in the smart home, like system like the, the Philips Hue mm-hmm. lighting systems. Like if you're going to buy a Philips Hue bridge, then you might as well, you should not buy any Lutron Cassetta products because those <laughs> literally won't work. So it's, yeah. if you're going to do it, you're forced. But you know, and then it gets to a point of where, okay, you buy the Philips Hue bridge, then you buy one light, well, then you have 50 lights in your house. Yeah. Are you going to buy 50 switches? I mean, that's true. I, I guess, but like, it just, it's weird. It's like, we can, we convince ourselves that, oh, like more is better, going deeper is better. But like, once you have every single freaking switch in your house, every plug-in, every outlet matched to the Philips Hue, are you really going to reach that peak aura of functionality where you tell you have 20,000 routines and you know, like, I, like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. is, it, is it worth spending the 5K to drop it on outfitting your entire house with Philip Hugh products? Like, like I don't know. Ecosystem, yeah. but at what point is it too much like we've been talking about the whole time? good question. Really, the only people that know are those rich enough to do it. That's true. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe someday we will. But, like, I don't think it's worth it a lot of times for, mm-hmm. for those types of ecosystems. But I don't know. I think it's just it's a topic that we're going to have to... Maybe we'll come back around to it. I, I when I use Apple products and yes. you use Android and Windows, <laughs> we but, should switch and like like swap our SIM cards. And that would see. be really interesting. That would be really interesting. Or I, I mean, depending on what the iPhone is uh, this September, mm. maybe I would consider getting one and switching. And you could get the new Pixel. True. And we could just do a couple weeks and give our thoughts. Yeah, or we can just do a complete one eighty and both get the Microsoft phone. Oh, <laughs> try that. Yes. Why? 
when, whenever they release like Windows Phone again. Yes. Now I'm not using an Android Windows. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think that that probably will wrap up this. Um, but we have to do our regularly recurring yes. segment, which is becoming much more regularly recurring every that single is true. time. That is true. Um, I, I feel this was a, a rambly episode, but I feel like it was very, very healthy, very, very good conversation. So hopefully, for us, it, for us. So hopefully, there's some value to the listener. And so to provide you with a little bit more value, I do have a question about history. Again, looking back at the bookshelf here. Uh, <laughs> it makes it easy for content. you. There was a book called, oh wait, no, we, we literally had an episode about 1491, didn't we? Yep, we, we did. Like our we second did. episode ever. What is, okay, I think you might see the book I'm looking at. Uh, we, we, we love, we love, uh, we love Tesla the car. Yep. Right, we, we love the product, we love Elon Musk. But Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. What's something interesting about that guy? Um, okay. So I haven't read that book yet. Okay. So I'm going to be working on my Tesla knowledge that's not in that book. Okay. Uh, so Tesla was a... Austrian? Hungarian? Hungarian, I think. Um, scientist who came to America um, and was a genius. Mm. And he worked specifically on electric motors, generators, electric energy transfer couple other things um and he worked a lot with uh <laughs> i almost said eisenhower edison <laughs> thomas edison mm-hmm. who is most remember think he you know that's the light bulb kind of the founder of the american electrical grid um so tesla worked with edison edison stole a lot of his um ideas mm. and and inventions uh and he uh, developed, in the end, though, he developed the Tesla motor, electric motor, which is the almost the exact same design as the motors we use today. Wow. So the Tesla motors in Tesla cars, built by Elon Musk, are essentially the exact same basic design as what Tesla designed and built in, Nikola Tesla built in the early 20th century. Wow. So he is the father of that. He developed some of the first wireless um, electricity transfer. So the ability to um, actually transmit energy wirelessly to like light a light bulb across the room um, in the early 1900s. And the final fun fact is that he died entirely penniless. And wow. With no fortune at all. And like with no like friends or family around him. That is so sad, and it's somebody that we bow down to and admire today in history books, which is fascinating. Yeah, and so yeah, every time you see a Tesla car or any <laughs> anything with an electric motor, that is Tesla's Nikola Tesla's uh, design. So that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it impressed every time, Jared. <laughs> Thank you for the fact. Well, maybe sometime we'll just have to do a. Uh, Luke looks at the bookshelf episode. That's true. Christmas special. Yeah, the Christmas special. Rapid fire, 20... That might be good. Like, That'd be interesting. Like 20 questions. Every question is either person or time. We can see what you can do. Yeah, and I ha- I'll have... Again, I, I have no idea what he's going to ask. <laughs> but I guess at the bookshelf, I could have had some guesses. Yes. Just like this podcast, we have no idea what you're going to ask. So unprompted. Extremely unprompted. <laughs> uh, but as always, speaking of unprompted, visit us at the... Unpro- it's basically unpromptedpod.com mm-hmm. P-O-D at the end after unprompted no space unpromptedpod 
Yes. yes. And there you can see more about us, see our favorite episodes, submit some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode. So as always, thanks for joining us. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Adios.